We're going to be learning Lakut Yisichas Chet Yud Tes, the fourth Sicha from Parshas Vayelach. So it says in the pasuk, Parak Lamed Aleph, pasuk Yud Aleph, it tells us that after Moshe is going to command them at the end of seven years, Shnas Hakel, that when the Yidden come to see Leiroy to be seen in front of Hashem in the place that he will choose, Tikrus the Torah Zayis Nega Kol Yisrobah's name, that he will read the Torah. Connected all the Yidin does name in a way that they can hear it in the ears. So Rashi tells us what does it mean Tikra Satara Zais, meaning who's supposed to read it? Tikra, he will read. Who's the he? So Rashi explains, the Melech would read it. Where does he read from? It says, it says, it says, it doesn't mean the entire Taira, rather, it means from Ela Advarm, the beginning of Mishnah Taira. And the truth is, this is a Machlikis, which is brought in the Sifri. Did the Melech read the entire Taira? Did the Melech only read? Uh, Mishnah Taira, and Rashi goes with the opinion that it was only Mishnah Taira from the beginning of Eilu Hadvarim, Kedis Masechasaita, as the Gemara Paskins in Masechasaita that they read Mishnah Taira, and more specifically, the Gemara that tells us exactly which Harshias of Mishnah Taira they read. Uh, they didn't read the entire Mishnah Taira; it was certain se- sections of uh, of uh, of Mishnah Taira. Uh, the Gemara also in Kedis Masechasaita also gives other details of how the procedure was done, uh, how the sacred Torah was given to the king, and it was given in a way that it was, went from one person to the next person, um, from one mile to the next, until eventually it would be brought to the king, and other details over there. And then Rashi finishes, where did the Malach read uh, this, uh, read the Torah? He read it on a bima shalets, a wooden bima, which was placed in Nazar. So the Pashtas, Let's explain what Rashi is saying, and, and then we'll go into the Shilas. So the Pashas, since in the Gemara itself, there are many details, uh, additional details, how the Mitzvah Pakel was done, and Rashi doesn't bring it, it's, the reasoning is because it's not relevant to Pshutah Shemikra, or because it's not Mukhrach from Pshutah Shemikra, that that's how it was done. So this is what Rashi brings, it is something which is Negea, and also it's Mukhrach from Shemikra that that is the way that it was done. Uh, so you need those two details A, that it's relevant to us to understand the Shemikra, and B, from the Shemikra itself, we know that th- th- it makes sense that this is the way that it was done. So let's read the details and see how Rashi knows it. So, first of all, he says, the king was the one that read it. How do we know that? In the Pasuk, all it says is, Tikra, he will read the Tayrazar. How do we know that it's Malach? So, I'm going to give two explanations. One explanation is that since Tikra is the Lashon Yachid, so it's understood who is uh, the one who the Pasuk would be referring to, that would be referring to Yahishua. Because in Pasuk Zion, um, it tells us that Yikra Moshe Yeshua. Moshe was speaking to Yeshua. And then in Pasuk Yud, it says, Vyats, Vyatsab Moshe Oisim, that Moshe commanded them. And then in Pasuk Yeralfa, it says, Tikris Atarazais, who would that be referring to? So it can't be referring to everybody, the Zakanim and the Kayanim that Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah to. It's a Vlashon Yachid, so the only individual that he was speaking to in this parsha would have been, would have been the king. A second way, explanation how we know it, is because since Tikris Atarazais is Vlashon Yachid, and then in Pasuk Yudbeis, it continues, Hakil Sa'am Hanashim Vanashim Vataf, that he shall gather the men, the, the, the nation, the man, the woman, who has the capability to gather these individuals. Of course, that would be the king. 
So since it's Lashon Yachid, and this Yachid is the one that has to have the capability of gathering the nation, and that is only in the power of the king to make sure that everybody comes. So just to recap, because I, I don't think I explained the first answer, the first explanation well, the way how Rashi knows that it's a Malach, according to the first shot is, because since in Pasuk Yud, it says, Yitzav Moshe Oisam, Moshe gave the command to the Jewish people about gathering Bishnas HaKel, and then in Pasuk Yud Aleph, it tells us, Tikra Satera and it's a Yachid. Which Yachid are, is, is the only Yachid that Moshe spoke to in our parish? And that was Yeshua, as we said in Pasuk Zayim, Yikra Moshe Yeshua. So it must be referring to Yeshua. And we know that Yeshua was considered a Malach, as Rashi itself tells us in Pasuk Zayim, that there's only one ruler for the generation, not two. Look over there for the for the context, but the point is Rashi tells us that Yeshua had a gather of a Malach. So therefore, when it says, Tikra Satara it's referring to Yeshua. Yeshua was a gather of a Malach, therefore he knows uh, that while Yeshua was alive, of course Yeshua read it. And for future generations, it would have been the king. Where did he read from? So the Rashi tells How does he know that? So the way how he knows that is because if you go back to the beginning of Chumash Tavarim, Perak Aleph, Halacha, Hey, it says, Moshe began to explain this Taira, and we know that this Taira is referring to Mishnah Taira because it's the Mishnah, it's, it's, it's what he what he what he, he explained. He explains. The Mishnah Torah was the Dibrek Teichacha and, and certain mitzvahs, as we know, that he explained before they went into Eretz Yisrael. So, therefore, also in our parchment, it says it's a Torah Hazais. It's the same Torah Hazais that, that was referring to at the beginning of Chumash Tavar, which is Mishnah Torah, because that's what Moshe Rabbeinu explained to them um, starting, um, uh, starting from his speech, um, starting, starting from his speech, which began in Chumash Tavar. So that's how we know that it would be uh, Mishnah Torah. The, uh, then it continues, So why does Rashi bring So it's not so clear, even and um, is going to ask on that really, but some explanations of why the Pashas, why it's being brought. We already said before, is telling us which Parshas in Mishnah Torah. First of all, it's telling us the, the Psaq. And the Psaq is we um, read Mishnah Torah. How do we know that from? We know that from Masech HaSaita. So even though it's a Machlaikas, we see Masech HaSaita, that's how the Gemara passes. We also need to tell us which Parshish. It's not all the Parshish of Mishnah Torah that we read. It's only certain selections. So therefore, we go to Kedis Masech HaSaita. But of course, the problem with that shot would be, why is Rashi telling us the Halacha? It's not really relevant Halacha Lamaisa. Rashi is to explain Pshut HaShemikra. So he starts going to bring us these Masechah to prove that that's what the Halach is like, or to tell us which parshas they read. That doesn't seem relevant to Pshut Mikra. Another shot could be these Masechah is that since Hakil is something which isn't, wasn't relevant, Bizman Rashi. So therefore, he's explaining it to the five-year-olds. So they wouldn't be able to understand exactly what Hakil is because they'd never experienced it. So therefore, he's telling you to look at Masechah Saita where you'd be able to get additional details exactly how Hakel was done so they can get a better vision and idea of exactly what the mitzvah Hakel is. Of course, it's also hard to give such a shot because that's not really the Derek of Rashi. And there's many more, uh, like Karbanis, the, 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 the Karbanis, where Rashi doesn't tell us to look at different places in the Gemara to get more details from. So why Dafka over here, uh, which is not so far-fetched, uh, the Indian of Hakel, which you could, is much easier to imagine, here Dafka, he has to give us more details. Fine. So, therefore, it's, it's hard to understand. 
And then the final point is, he says, This was done on Abima Shalets, which was made in Nazar. Uh, why does he bring this detail? How is that relevant to Shutisha Mikra? Uh, difficult to understand. So now let's go through the questions that the Reb has, in addition to the ones I just mentioned about Kedisim Sechasait and Abima Shalets, Shalitsa Nazara. Let's do some additional questions. So first of all, it says that the Malachud Rim, Nitachilat Eila Advar. So we, we explained how does Rashi know that it was Mitchilas Eladvarim? So we explained because it, since it says in the beginning of Chomish Tavarim Patay Razais, and that's referring to Mishnah Torah. So also here when it says the Torah Razais, it's referring to Mishnah Torah. The problem with that is that if you just go back a few Pesukim, the Pasuk Tess says Ve'yiftav Moshe as a Torah Razais that Moshe wrote this Torah, Ve'yitnei Alakayne Bnei Alevi, and he gave this Torah to the Kainim. Noisin as Aaron B'Sashem, Balkozik Nisrael, and over there it's clearly referring to. The entire Torah, as Rashi explained, when he completed the entire Torah, not in the Lubnei Shiftai. So when he finished writing the Torah, he gave it to the, his Bnei Shiftai. So just a few seconds later, it also earlier it says a Torah and it refers to the entire Torah. So over here we're saying no, a Torah just refers to the Mishnah Torah. How does Rashi know? Uh, what would be his proof that a Mishnah that Torah Hazayis would dafkin the Mishnah Torah? Our parsha itself, when it says a Torah Hazayis. It means the entire Torah. Second of all, the way Harashi writes, it says the king would read Mitchilas El Hadvarim. Why is he telling us where he began to read from? Again, it's not really the derech of Rashi to give us this kedinah. Rashi's derech is to tell us the, the, the meaning of the words. So since we don't know what Esatayra Hazayis means, so the Shaila is what is Esatayra Hazayis? So what Rashi should have told us, Esatayra Hazayis means Mishnah Torah. Why are you telling us where he began to read from? That's more of a lachic detail that he began from Mishnah Torah, uh, began from Tchilas Eilat Devarim, which I guess there could be a Havah meaning that he read from other, would read from other places or would begin somewhere else. So therefore, Rashi is telling us, no, it begins in Tchilas Eilat Devarim, that's where he's reading from. That's not his idea to tell us uh, the exact halachas and where they began from. Rashi's point, purpose is to tell us the Pshat of the Pasuk. So when it says the Torah Zeis, what does the Torah Zeis mean? The Torah Zeis means Mishnah Torah. That's really what it means. Where does he begin to read from? Which parshas he reads from? That's Kedisim Sechasaita. Look over there for where they begin and what parshas they read. So it doesn't seem to be that really Rashi's Indian. So why would, that's not usually Rashi's Indian to tell us how long. It's to explain the words. To explain, Tayrazais means Mishnah Tayr. And as we said already earlier, that Kedisim Sechasaita, what is Rashi coming to tell us with that? And, and especially since Kedisim Sechasaita is, is really in the middle. It's like a funny place to put the source. Either you should put the source at the beginning of the Dibra Moscow, or you should put it at the end of the Dibra Moscow. Why is he putting it right in the middle? That seems very funny. So the explanation is, is really based on the Diyak, the Rebbe says. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, the king would read. Why is Rashi telling us the event of, of how it occurred? Again, the main purpose of Rashi is to tell us what the words mean. So, since it says in the Pasuk, Tikra, he shall read, and the question is, who is the one reading? So Rashi has to tell us, Hamalach, just to say, Tikra, who's the one to read? This refers to Hamalach. Why is he telling us, Papayo, the Hamalach, those words that he would read it, seems to be extra. It's telling us how it was Bapayal. Why is that relevant how it was Bapayal? Just tell us what the words mean. Who, who's the one that read it? Just tell us the Malach. So Elamai, 
It's because telling us how it was Bepoyal is Negea to understand Shutashonikra. And the Pshad is a Zayah. There's two ways of learning our Parsha. And by Rashi telling us, it's telling us how to understand the Parsha. So the Pshad is, and what does this mean? In the beginning of the Parsha Sveyelach, it talks about how Moshe Rabbeinu was saying all these words, I'll call Yisrael, and he tells them that I'm 120 years old, and I'm not going to be passing the yard, and he's going to pass away, and then Yeshua's going to take over. So Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them what's going to occur after he passes away, and when Yeshua takes, when they cross the Yardin, what's going to happen? And what's the, uh, what's going to, going to occur? He tells him to be strong, and he tells Yeshua to be strong. So everything in this parsha seems to be a hemshach of what's, what the Yidin are supposed to be doing after they cross the Yardin. Therefore, based on that, in Pasuk Yud, where it says, Vitzav Moshe Isam Leva, that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving them command, it would seem he's saying that this is, this, command of Hakil is something which is going to be relevant after you cross the yard. And what is the relevance over there? That at the end of seven years, seven years after you cross the yard day, you're going to have this obligation to come and meet and uh, Yeshua will read the Torah uh, to give you Chizuk in order to be to years Hashem, Mishra, Velasis, and that would fit beautifully with our Parsha, that it's all talking about you know, of what's going to happen after Pasa Yardin, and after they have to be strong and fortified, and then he tells them that at the end of seven years you have to gather together, and Yeshua will read the Torah, and that will also help with your Chizuk to have years Hashem, Shom Lassis, it's called the Vray Torah Zeis. And this would, this would make a lot of sense also why Moshe Rabbeinu is telling this command at this point of time. Why is Moshe Rabbeinu waiting for the last day of his life to tell, tell them the command of Hakel. It's not even, it's not like it's relevant at that point in time. It's relevant in seven years later, it, it's going to be relevant. Why is he telling it to them at that point in time? He should have told them earlier, like Trumas and Maestros, all these other things which are only going to be relevant and going to Israel. He tells them, he told them much earlier. But this one he waits, especially as we know that Rashi already told us at the beginning of the parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu says that this day, he says uh, that, that this day I, I finished going in and out of the Torah because from him it was sealed off the, the tradition and the wellsprings of Chachma. Meaning that Hashem stopped giving him the wellsprings of Chachma that day. And the reasoning is because that was his last day of life and it was time for Yeshua to take over. Because haste, that even this secret that he had about Hakel was given earlier. It was given earlier than that day because on that day he didn't get any Masoiris or Mayan Sachachma on that day. So Elamai, he must have gotten it earlier. So that makes the question stronger. If he got it earlier, why did he wait for that day? And the answer would be, it's because it's something which was relevant after he passed away. That I'm passing away in seven years later, once you will cross the Yardin, which, would have, would have, which will be in a, in a month and a bit when they cross the Yardin, seven years after that point in time, you were supposed to um, have Hakya. And that would fit very well with that parsha. That's why he waits to the day of his death, because it is relevant, because it's seven years after his death, or seven years, I should say, after they cross the Yardin. That's when they're supposed to be reading uh, this parsha. And even though maybe you can ask that Lachaira later on, in Pasachon Beis, it says, and he talked to the Bnei Yisrael, and then he tells them uh, that they're supposed to, in Pasachon Bav, or, uh, oh, sorry, 
and then he gives them the command that uh, that they're supposed to that they're supposed to learn the pasuk gittas. It says the atik kisvul lechemes ashir hazayis v'lamdes bnei yisrael simu b'fiyam. So lechayer, this is the source of mitzvahs kisib sefer So you can ask if Moshe Rabbeinu is only telling them things which are relevant for after he passes away, and he's giving them chizuk v'chulu. Why is he giving them the command to write the sefer Torah? Should have also done that much earlier. But if you look at Rashi, Rashi doesn't learn that it's referring to the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah. Rather, he says, what does a shir hazais mean? That you should write for yourself the shir hazais and teach it to Yisrael. He says it's only referring to hazina shemaim ad v'chip ad It's referring to hazina, that the yidin have to learn hazina, parshas hazina, or more specifically the shir which is on hazina, which is in Indian of Hasra. This haste, that it fits with everything else in the parsha. That after Moshe Rabbeinu passes away, they're going to need a chizuk, and they need something to encourage them. So Parshas Hazinu, or Shir Hazinu, that is part of the chizuk that they need to have to make sure that they stay faithful to Hashem. So everything would fit very beautifully. And that's one way of reading the Parsha. That, divide it more specifically, that seven years later means seven years after they crossed the yard. The Tikra means Yeshua is going to be the one reading it. And this is a one-time command. It's not for every seven years. No, it's a one-time command that they're supposed to read the Torah. So to come to be Shiloh, so Rashi's come to be Shiloh Dakshat. And therefore he's telling us that it's not Dafka Yeshua that's going to be reading it. Yeshua's going to read it inside the Indian of Malchus because he's a Melech. So Melech Hayekara, meaning is it's not Yeshua Dafka, it's every Melech. And it's only not a one-time thing, rather it's a continuous thing. The king, Melech Hayekara. The Melech, the king, would read it. Meaning is that it wasn't a one-time thing. It was a continuous. Papayal Mamish, the king would read it every seven years. And a third point is, Hasatayra Hazais. That according to the first shot, what does the Torah Hazais mean? The Torah Hazais can mean that Yeshua would read the entire Torah to the Jewish people. That seven years later, they would read the entire Torah in order that they should know the Lishma Balasis. So Rashi is coming to tell us that no, it was the Malachayakaira. And it wasn't a one-time thing. It was every seven years. And they would only read Mishnah Torah. So how does Rashi know all of this? So the way how he knows this is because in Pasuk Yeralev, it says, that when the Yidin comes to be seen in front of Hashem in the place that he chooses, when did the Yidin come? They didn't come just one time. They, they came by the Shasa Regal. When they're being oil Regal, they will become Leirayas Pnei Hashem. And where was that doctor? In the place that Hashem chose. Hashem chose Yerushalayim. And we know that the first 14 years that the Yidin were in Eretz Yisrael, they were actually in Yudal. They didn't have a functioning base in English. They were still using the mission for the first 14 years. So if we're going to say it's seven years later, how could it be seven years later? It says, at the time, there would be a real Raga B'malkim HaShayivchar, to the place that Hashem would choose. There was no base HaMikdash. How could there be a real Raga for the first 14 years? They, they couldn't. So seven years later couldn't have meant in Gilgal. Elamai must be referring to a later period of time, which Papashis would mean, B'malkim HaShayivchar means in the base HaMikdash. Then when there be a base HaMikdash and there be a king, that's when this mitzvah would begin. Or the Rebbe says in the R, even maybe it could be, maybe mean Shiloi, but again, even Shiloh didn't begin right away. Shiloh was only after 14 years. I was in Gilgal. Then they transferred to Shiloh. So now we can read Rashi, and it works out very well. 
So he says, Hamalach It wasn't Yeshua specifically. If it was Yeshua specifically, that would mean it was a one-time Indian because when they're going, he was the one that brought them into Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, uh, he, he, he would read the Torah. He says, no, it wasn't a one-time thing. It was Hamalach HaYekai. It was a continuous thing that the king would constantly uh, uh, read it every seven years. And for the reasons we explained from the Pasuk, in addition, we know that it wouldn't be Yeshua. He says it's also logical. Why would it be only Negea to Yeshua? Why would it only be Negea to Yeshua that as the Machnis, that he's the one that brought him to Eretz Yisrael, therefore he should be the one reading it. It's not really relevant that he's the one that's being Machnis on to Eretz Yisrael. What's relevant is that there's someone who's reading who has the capability to convince them or force them to follow the Torah. It's someone that they have a year of public for. This that Yeshua is the one that brought them there to Israel doesn't seem to be relevant to the idea Rather, that's relevant to the point that he's a king. But since he's the king and he controls them, he's, he's, he's the ruler, therefore he's the one that reads. And that's the reason why the king reads is because he is the one that has the capability to gather them. He has the capability to give that presence and, and the fear that they have to follow the Torah mitzvahs. It's not relevant to who Bapel was the one that brought them in Torah to Israel. What's relevant is that Yeshua was the one that brought them in Torah to Israel. He is a king and therefore he has the power to bring them in Torah to Israel and do everything else. It's the king point. That's another fact in addition to the Pasuk, also Chap. It wouldn't have been so relevant that he's bringing to Israel. The point that's relevant is that he has the capability to really uh, get them to do the Torah. And how do we know that it was only Mishnah Torah, not Kala Torah. So the reasoning is because in Pasuk Yudbeis it tells us, that the purpose of gathering them was in order that they should have Yerush Hashem uh, and that they, they should that they should guard and do the mitzvahs. So Avazoy over here, the main thing over here is things that will require the Yidin to do what Hashem wants. Not that they have to read the entire Torah, but rather it's relevant is that this is going to be something which would be other than to have years to Shem and to do the Torah mitzvahs. Therefore, would it have been the entire Torah? Because many parts of the Torah are relevant to that particular topic. Rather, it must be Mishnah Torah. And Mishnah Torah is Divrei Teichacha of Moshe Rabbeinu Eliyid. And that's why Rashi's Medaikanis tells us Mitchilas Eladvarm. He's telling you where it began from. As Rashi says right at the beginning, the Eladvarm, these words are Divrei Teichacha. It's Miramis to Divrei Teichacha that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving. So he's telling us they began Mitchilas Eladvarm. How do I know that it was Mitchilas Eladvarm? That's where they began. And not, meaning he's trying to tell us, how do I know that's not the entire Torah, but rather it's only Mishnah Torah? It's because it's because these are different Teichacha. And therefore, since it's Mitchilas Eladvarm, that says that Trutesh Mikra is Mukhra, that the place that they would have began from wouldn't have been the whole Torah, but rather from Mitchilas Eladvarm, which is a different Teichacha. Ah, you can still ask, but why would they read the whole Mishnah Torah? Not every part of Mishnah Torah is even relevant to different Teichacha or, or to how to do certain mitzvahs. Therefore, Rashi tells us, look at Mitzvah Seita, it tells you exactly which parishes from Mishnah Torah you would read. The says that the, the, the Mishnah will tell you which parishes are relevant in Mishnah Torah. But the last question is, why was it, oh, before we get to the last question, is the, the Rebbe also in the R gives another answer of how Rashi knows that it was from Mishnah Torah. He brings it from the Maskele Dovan, another shot that Rashi knows that it's from Mishnah Torah. He says that in the the Master of David on Pasuk Tess, he explains that it says that Moshe Rabbeinu 
wrote the Torah and gave it to Mugvian. And, and Rashi tells us, when Hulti was completed, the Masmada explains, what does it mean that it was completed? He tells us because there's a machlaikis in the Gemara how the Torah was written. Was it written Was it written in a way that Moshe Rabbeinu remembered it basically the whole 40 years? And once the entire Torah was completed, then he wrote it down? Or did he write it Megillah Megillah? Meaning, as each event or each mitzvah that was given to him in Hashemayim, uh, he would write down that Megillah. He'd write down a part of as it happened, or right after it happened. He'd write down exactly what occurred. And therefore, at the end of the 40 years, when Moshe Rabbeinu was 120, he finally finished the entire Torah uh, before he passes away. So again, was it that the entire Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it at once. He wrote it on the day that he passed away, the entire thing. Once it, he had the complete story, he wrote it down. Or he was continuously writing it for the four years. So Rashi tells us that when it was Shinigma, once it was completed, meaning as he was constantly writing it, and once he completed it on that day, then uh, he gave it to them. Shinigma Kula, of course, would mean really at the end of the next week's parsha. Uh, once he says when he completed it, he gave it to all of them. So it's talking about Megillah Megillah. So he says, Oy bazai. When it says the Satyra Zeis in that in that Pasik that he wrote the Tyra, it actually doesn't mean he wrote the entire Tyra at that point in time. Rather, it just means that he wrote Mishnah Tyra. Because Mishnah Tyra is that speech that he was giving during that month. So when he finished giving the whole speech, which took about a month, that's when he wrote Mishnah Tyra. So the Zeis means when he wrote Mishnah Tyra, which that would have completed the whole Tyra, then he gave it to the Kainim Bnei Levi. So Ibazai. Every time it says a satayra zayis in Devarim, Sai in Vitchilas, or Perak Alaf Pasukei, Sai in our passion Pasuk Tess, and Sai in Pasuk Yudal, every single time a satayra zayis would actually mean Mishnah Tayra. And never points out that even in the beginning of Yeshua, Perak Alaf, Allah Chas, it also says satayra zayis, and Rashi tells us that what does it mean, satayra zayis in Yeshua, and also refers to Mishnah Tayra. So that could be another way how Rashi knows it, because he says every time it's actually mentioned in Mishnah Tayra, it does mean only Mishnah Torah. That's another shot that the Rebbe brings in um, uh, in the Hara. But the last question we need to know is why does Rashi tell us that it was on a Bimashal Apes that they were make, made in the Azara? This that Rashi's bringing this detail is because that must be something which is relevant to Tradition Mikra and also Mukhach in Tradition Mikra. So let's look at each detail. So the reason why it was relevant that it was on a Bimashal Apes because since the Pasuk says that the purpose of reading the Torah, and as Rashi's been explaining, it was because it was and the purpose was to be the Bnei Yisrael. And that's why it had to be, um, as, as he says, that that they even need to be able to hear it. The reason why it's relevant that it was name is because it was supposed to be them to do Torah mitzvahs. So the question is how? How could all the Yidin have heard the king? Such a large crowd, how could they hear him? So therefore, Rashi tells us all on a bima shalates, that it was on a bima. So therefore, he was higher up, and therefore, his voice would travel. The reason why Rashi has to tell us this now, not at other places when, you know, we get many hakels. We have it in Pashas uh, Kadosh, we had a Moshe Rabbeinu gathering the Jewish people. In Pashas Biyakil, Biyakil Bukude, also Moshe Rabbeinu's Biyakil, he gathers the Yidin. It's because this is the only time where even the Nash and the Tak came. Other times, it was just the men. Or, or sometimes it was men and women, but the children never came. And even then, according to most of the 
it wasn't that they were all forced to come, like you had to gather them, that they were forced. Rather, whoever wanted to come hear the words of prayer that Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching, they would come and hear it from Moshe Rabbeinu. Furthermore, uh, the Rebbe brings Ha'ara, that according to the Re'im and others, it was Lavdafka that they even came all at the same time. Now, they all heard it, but name that they all heard it at the same time. Could be that they came, but it doesn't say for name that they all had to hear it at exactly the same time. So it could have been that they heard it in groups. They heard it. It says even the way how Moshe Rabbeinu taught the Torah, he first taught it to Aaron, then he taught it to Aaron and his, and his children, then he taught it to, to, to the Zikanim, and Moshe, uh, Aaron was there, and his children were there, and this came. Then the fourth time, he told it all to all the Yidim. So we see even the way that he was teaching it, many times it was taught in groups. Um, so Mashiach over here, where we're saying that it was Ba's name, that everybody heard it. And it was to everybody, including the top, Rashi has to tell us, how is that Shaykh? Therefore, he tells us it was a Bima Shalayim, that it was on a Bima. Why does he have to tell us that it was in the Azara? So the reason why that's relevant is, is because, first of all, how, how would, since it says in the Pasuk that it was that they would come to see or be seen by Hashem Lekaha, usually what does it mean as Hashem Lekaha? We would think that means the Hechel. That the Yidin all came into the Hechel. The Shailah is, how could all the Yidin fit into the Hechel? There's no room. Therefore, Rashi tells us, wasn't the and the second problem is, how could you put a Bima inside of the Hechel? We have a rule that you're not allowed to add things into the Hechel itself. It's only exactly, you know, the Shulchan, the Minaira, the Aaron, the Kedushat Roshim, um, you weren't allowed to add other structures into the into the Hechel or the Kedushat Roshim. So how could they put a Bima in there? Therefore, Rashi tells us that, no, it wasn't in the Hechel, it was actually in the Azar, because the Azar also was called a Pesach. Also, we said by the Pesach Ayol they came to speak to Hashem. We see different Sukkim where it says that the even the Pesach Ayol was considered uh, Lefnei Hashem. So it was actually in the Azar. I, how could they have room inside of the Azara? So Rashi just needs to tell us Azara, but he doesn't get into was it Daka the Ezra Sisral, was it Ezra Snachem, but he could, could refer to the entire span of the Azara. Uh, and it's not really relevant to Pshut Hashemich to get into which, because there is a Machlekes, it was it Ezra Sisral, was it the Azara in general, but it seems like anyways, Rashi on the Shas tells us it was the Ezra Sisral, that's what also Mashman Shas that was Ezra Sisral. Uh, but either way, Rashi's not going to get into that, he just tells us the Azara, and from there, uh, we would know that it means an area that would be able to handle all the unit. Why was it updates? Why would? The reason why it had to be, and also why does he tell us that they were they would make it, that they were making it? Uh, the vort is because inside of the base amigdash, especially on a crowded day like uh, like during the during the rego. And they wouldn't have had extra structures which uh, would have gotten in a way. What they had in the, the Heichal and in the Azar were only things which were necessary on a daily uh, daily uh, basis to use it. If it would get in their way, it wouldn't have been there. That's actually the, the Yishami tells us, and Rashi brings us in many places, that when the first day of Cholomai, that's when Hakal happened. That if Cholomai fell on Shabbos, then they would push it off to the second day of Cholomai. The reasoning is because they didn't have a bima. They had to make this bima shalates. So they asked, wait, so I just make the bima shalates, I guess Thursday, Arab Yantif, right? Uh, why, why did you have to push it off to Monday? So the reasoning is because then they would have had to have had the bima inside of the Azara and there was no space for it. So therefore Rashi's telling us it was Shahaya Ois and they would make it into the Azara because 
then there would be space for it. And why wood? Uh, the reason it was wood is because it was telling us it was something which was temporary. That's part of that part, that it was a temporary type of structure uh, and therefore it wouldn't have gotten it. It was made for that point in time and then it was removed. There were points out another deal is that there's a halacha that you're not allowed to be noted in or the hazar. You're not allowed to break things. You're not allowed to break things. So you're saying if it would have been of stone, uh, then when they would have removed it, it could have been a halacha shayla of removing things which were uh, part of the uh, heichal. Therefore, Rashi tells us it was of wood because if, it, if you don't have the salacha of you're not allowed to be noited, that's only by stone. It's not doesn't apply by wood. Therefore, Rashi's telling us it was wood, so wouldn't it have this, uh, this iser of destroying uh, doesn't apply by wood. But the Rebbe does point out that L'chaira, even, even if it was of stone, Yeshua'ayin, because if it was a stone, it was something which wasn't permanent. So it could be that only something which was kabua bebinyan, something which was, you know, cemented into the floor, something which was permanent, then it would have had a problem of removing it. But something which was, even if it was a bimah shalavan, but wasn't attached to the ground, the lachara labdafu, it would have an issue of not to do the loisas and kemal because it wasn't something, you're not being noited this, you're not destroying it. It was never attached to the ground, you're just removing it and moving it around. So therefore that second diaf might not be so strong, but the Rebbe does finish up the initial ayin that what would happen if you did attach this bima to the ground. So now that it would be permanent. So if it's a wood, again, it doesn't really matter. But if it would have been a stone and they did attach it to the ground, then it could have this problem of removing it. But yeshul ayin, if a structure, which is a temporary structure, is put and, 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 and made kavua into the base of Migdash, and then you removed it in a way of noitit, would that even be chal in the gather of loisas and kemlashon lakacha? Because maybe loisas and kemlashon lakacha would only be things which are supposed to be there permanently, and then you destroy it, then it could be problematic. But this thing that was never supposed to be kavua, because it was, it was a binyan aray, maybe the whole halacha wouldn't apply to it, even if it is made of stone, and there would be some sources, and he says yesh lai in that. Uh, just one last point, is that the Rebbe says that we could, uh, in young Nifloim, in, in Rashi, we have a, a quick adama before we get into it is uh, that that Yerucham Perla in his Pirush on the Rasag points out that in the Rasag he gives he, he counts twice the mitzvah hakim. One time in his count when he's talking about mitzvahs which are on Yechidim on individuals, he says there's a there's a mitzvah on the king that he's supposed to read uh, these parshias by hakim, and then in the parshias which are which are mitzvahs which are relevant to the tzibur, he also says that there's a mitzvah of hakil. So he explains that according to the Messiah, there's really two mitzvahs here. There's a mitzvah on the king that he has to read, uh, he has to gather the yidin and read to them, the whole Torah. And there's also a second mitzvah which is on the yidin themselves that they have an obligation that they have to gather and the Torah has to be read to them. So according to the Messiah, it's two separate mitzvahs. Masha'inke, according to the Rambam and others, they only counted as one mitzvah. He says, what's the dafkemina if it's a mitzvah on the yachid, the king, or if it's a mitzvah on the tzibur? So according to Ritzag, it's a mitzvah on both. According to, let's say, the Rambam, it's only a mitzvah which is on, um, the Rambam would be a mitzvah, I think, I believe, which was on the uh, yachid, and um, let's see, according to Rashi, on the chumash, it seems like he's holding it's a mitzvah which is on the tzibur, while on the shafts, Rashi says it's also a mitzvah which is on the mouth, what would be the Nafkimina? So the main Nafkimina would be is if there is no king, you have a base in English, but you don't have a king. 
So if there's no king, is there still the obligation of Hakim? So if it's the mitzvah's on the melech, so if there's no melech, obviously there's no mitzvah of Hakim because the mitzvah's on him and there is no king. But if the mitzvah is really on the tzibur, but even if there's no king, they still have a mitzvah to be to gather in the base of Mingdash and have the Torah read to them. So even if you can't have that detail, that the king is the one that reads it, so you have someone else, you have one of the Tekkenim will read it. The Iker mitzvah is that the Yidin are gathering and the Tikras of Torah is like, the Torah is supposed to be read. And who's the one who's supposed to read it? Yes, that's supposed to be the mouth. But if you don't have that prat, it doesn't mevatel the entire mitzvah. It's on the ak the whole mitzvah. Someone else will read it to them. Another zakim will read it to them instead of the king. So that would be a big nafkamina. I also said that it could be a nafkamina regarding the bimah shalates. If the bimah shalates is something which is ma'akim, if it's because of the covid of the malach, if it's, if it's a din in the malach, then the reason why they had the bimah would have been for his covid. That it's he's standing on the bimah to add honor to him. If the purpose of the mitzvah was for the Yidin to be able to hear. So the reason why they would have had the Bima was that the king could stand on it, and then the Yidin would be able to hear what was being said. So the Nafgamina would be, as let's say the king had a powerful voice. So he didn't need to stand on the Bima in order for the Yidin to be able to hear. So according to the Pshat, that, the, 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 the opinion that holds it's a mitzvah and the Melech, it's because of his covenant, and of course you still have to make the Bima, because nothing to do with the Yidin can hear it, it has to do with the covenant of the king. Masha'inkin, the whole word was, that the Yidin will be able to hear. So let's say at the beginning of Bais Shani. the beginning of Bais Shani, there was only about 42,000 Yidin that came uh, up from, from, um, from Babel. It wasn't that many, for at least for the first few years. So if the mitzvah is only for them to be able to hear, they were able to hear even without the Bimah Shalait. So therefore, according to that shot, you wouldn't have needed the Bimah Shalait because they could hear it anyway. So if you look at Rashi, so Rashi in our parsha. He says, how do we know Tikkus Atarazais? We learn it from this parsha, which is the mitzvah of Hakim. If you look in the Shas, Rashi learns, he calls, calls it Parsha Samelach, that we learn it really from Parsha Samelach, that earlier in Devarim, where it tells us the halachas of, of the king, tells us that the king had to write a, a, a Sefer Torah. And he calls it a Mishnah Torah. But he had to write the Mishnah Torah which means that he has to write the entire Torah. I, why is it called a Mishnah Torah? It's, it's supposed to be Mishnah Torah. Is, I guess Rashi learns that Mishnah Torah means that it's, it's, it's the set because he has to have two Sifrei Torah. And, but another shot is, and this is how the Gemara learns it, also in the Sifrei, that Mishnah Torah is because he only would read Mishnah Torah. The reason why it says the Dik of Mishnah Torah is because the mitzvah of writing the Sefer Torah is relevant because he's supposed to use that sacred Torah to read by Hakim. And according to this, which maybe another diak would be interesting, is that if the purpose of the sacred Torah was only in order to be able to read it in front of all the, the Yidin, there could also be a Nidun, there would be a Nafimina of what he read. According to the shot that he had to read the whole Torah, then Mishnah Torah would have meant that he wrote the entire Torah in order to read the entire Torah to the Bnei Yisrael. But according to the Pshat that all he read was Mishnah Torah, then you could say that when, since all he was reading was Mishnah Torah, then the mitzvah on the mouth to write the Sefer Torah was only to write these sections which we would speak. So he would write Mishnah Torah, and then from the Mishnah Torah, those from Mishnah Torah, those were the sections of the Torah that he would read. So he would only have obligation to write Mishnah Torah, because that's what he would be reading to the, the Jewish people. So that would be an interesting nafkamina. But either way, depending where we learn the mitzvah of 
the king reading Mishnah Torah would tell us what this mitzvah is. According to the pshat that we're learning halacha that the king is reading Mishnah Torah because it says by the parshas of Malach, it tells us the halachas of the king. It has these words that he's supposed to write the Mishnah Torah. And we learn from the words Mishnah Torah that that's also what he reads the Eden Ahatik. So clearly it's a din in the Malach that he's supposed to write a Sefer Torah. The purpose of writing the Torah is in order to read from, to the Eden from this, from this Torah. So it's a din in the Malach. But Masha if this, that, how do we know that the Malach reads? We learned it from the Mitzvah of Hakiah, where it says, V'yetzav Moshe Oysam Leiver, that Moshe commanded them saying, it wasn't Dafkan that commanded on the king, it was a command to the Yidin that they're supposed to be gathering. And since it's received the word Tikkus Otero it tells us that the king was supposed to be the one who's reading it. So Ebezai, this is really a mitzvah in the Kahab, not a mitzvah to the king. The mitzvah of the king is that it's a mitzvah that all the Jewish people have to gather, and who was the one that was supposed to read it was, would have been the Malach. So based on where we learn this obligation from, that's how we know who the mitzvah would be on. And the nakhmiz, again, is if there's no melach, what would be the rule with the bimba? What would be the rule? Uh, would you even have the mitzvah path if there's no king? So Rashi al-Chumish clearly learns that ha-melach ha-yakar, we know from the parsha of hakim, so from the chumish we imagine that it's a command on the kila. But if you look at the shas, in the Malach, Rashi uses the expression, it was the parsha of melach, uh, Really, the whole mission over there in Musaf Asaita is all referring to the halachas of the king, how they would give it from one person. To the, the Sefer Torah was given to the Chaz and the Knesset, who give it to the Gabbai, who give it to the next thing, the Rosh Knesset, until eventually we give it to the king. And the reason for that one was to honor, to give honor to the king, that all these people are bringing him the Torah. And also talks about the, the brachas that the king would make. That mission is talking about Dine Hamalach. So from Masafa Saita, it's Mashmah that even the reading of the Mishnah Torah was a din in the Malach. Uh, so therefore, Rashi in, in the Shas uh, focuses on that point. Masha over here, where he's focusing on that it was a mitzvah on the Kahal, we can understand more why he tells us it was a Bima Shal that the purpose of having the Bima Shal was in order for the Jewish people to be able to hear it. So just like the Malachayat reading it, and the Bima Shal what was the purpose of all of this? All these things was the purpose for to me, order the Jewish people to do Tarimitzis, and therefore they need to be able to hear it, and, and therefore they have to have the Bimal Shal Eitz, that they would be able to hear it. That's how Rashi would learn it. When additional Matthew, which is relevant, is in R46, which Sefer Torah would the king read uh, these parshas from? So if the Tzivu is on the Malach, then clearly he read from his own Torah that's the reason why he wrote the Torah was to be able to read from it. But if it's because it's a mitzvah on the Kahal, then Yishleimah that he would read from the Sefer Torah which is in the Azar. As the Pasuk said, So it was given to the Kainim Bnei Levi who were carrying the Rishashem. And this Torah was put actually into the Azara. Uh, so therefore it would be Mashra since it's a mitzvah on the Kahal. And if, based on the Hemshech of the Psukim, it would be Mashra that this is the Sefer Torah that he would read from it's a Torah it's the Torah that we're talking about in this parasha, and it wouldn't have been his own personal Sefer Torah, it actually would have been the Sefer Torah which was in the Zar. So that would be another Nakimina of which way you're learning it from. And as mentioned, the Rasag actually holds it's a mitzvah on the Kahal and the king. But others learn it, might be a mitzvah just on the king, mitzvah just on the Kahal. So there would be Nakiminas depending on what the gather the mitzvah is, if it's a gather that there's a mitzvah on both of both the melech and the kal, or just on one, the kal or the melech or the melech and the kal, you'd have all these different opinions.